Hi, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Heart Podcast. It's James Rudd here, the digital media editor at Heart. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Dr. Zara Raisi Estebra from Queen Mary University of London. And we're talking all about the risks of cardiovascular disease after cancer. Uh, Zara and her colleagues have published an intriguing paper in Heart, uh, which examines this using UK biobank data. I hope you enjoy the show and please do feel free to leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everybody. Many thanks for joining me on the Heart podcast today. I'm delighted to be joined by Zara Raisi Estebra, who is a author of a paper which is called Incident Cardiovascular Events and Imaging Phenotypes in UK Biobank Participants with Past Cancer. Um, Zara, I wonder if I could start off by having you introduce yourself for the heart audience. Um, Who are you? Where do you work? And what do you do there? Uh, Thanks, James. Uh, My name is Zara Raisi Estabrag. I'm an NHR-funded clinical lecturer and cardiology registrar at Queen Mary University of London and uh, St. Bartholomew's Hospital. Uh, My research interest is in big data cardiovascular epidemiology, with a focus on integrating cardiovascular imaging into population science studies. Uh, I've worked extensively in this area, primarily in the UK Biobank, but also uh, within other data sources. Uh, My clinical interest is in cardiac magnetic resonance imaging and cardio-oncology. And that all makes a lot of sense looking at the type of the paper. Can you tell me a bit more about what prompted this work and what's already known on the topic. So we're talking about people with cancer who then go on to get various forms of cardiovascular disease. What's what's sort of already out there and what were you uh, trying to achieve with your project? Yes, exactly. Um, So the work stemmed from my interest in cardio-oncology, which, as you say, uh, is a growing subspecialty within cardiology dedicated to the cardiovascular care of patients with cancer, those who've had either cancer in the past or are having active cancer treatment. Uh, There's increasing recognition that patients are a high-risk cardiovascular group, uh, and this is partly attributed to the high burden of vascular risk factors in this population, such as smoking, obesity, and hypertension. But then, of course, we know that uh, patients with cancer have additional cancer-specific exposures, such as systemic cancer therapies and radiotherapy, which have um, well-described cardiotoxicity associations. Uh, what isn't entirely clear in the literature is, firstly, whether the cardiotoxicities related to cancer treatments extend uh, into longer term beyond the immediate period of cancer therapy into um, many years into cancer survivorship uh, and whether the heightened risk in cancer survivors can be entirely attributed to their high burden of vascular risk factors. Okay, very interesting. So so that was the niche or the missing part of the literature that you were trying to fill with this study. Um, And Zara, what did you set out to do in your work and and what methods did you use? So our aim was to examine the risk of a range of incident cardiovascular diseases and mortality outcomes in individuals with past cancer compared to individuals without cancer. Uh, And in particular, we wanted to look at this risk independent of the burden of vascular risk factors. Uh, In addition, we wanted to examine the cardiovascular magnetic resonance uh, phenotypes in those with and without cancer. And what methods did you use? I noted you used UK Biobank because it's in the title of your paper. But tell us a little bit about how you identified the patient cohort and the control group. 
Yes, so for this study, we use the UK Biobank resource, and I think it's perhaps helpful if I give a bit of a background as to yeah, please do. the UK Biobank, and then I can go on to explain how we made use of that resource within this study. Uh, the UK Biobank, as you may know, is a very large uh, cohort study, uh, which recruited over half a million people from across the UK over a four-year period between 2006 to 2010. At baseline recruitment, uh, all of the participants underwent a very detailed assessment to characterize their demographics, their lifestyle and their medical history, as well as a series of physical measures and blood sampling. Uh, in 2015, the UK Biobank Imaging Study was launched with the aim of uh, scanning 100,000 of the original UK Biobank participants. The imaging protocol, as well as a range of other things, includes cardiac magnetic resonance imaging. This part of the UK Biobank study is still ongoing and about 60,000 participants have completed the imaging study. Uh, importantly, the UK Biobank has established extensive electronic health record linkages for all of its participants, and this includes hospital episode statistics, ONS death registration records and uh, cancer registry data. And this information is periodically updated in the UK Biobank, which means that we can longitudinally track incident health events for all of the UK Biobank participants. So that was the setting of, uh, of the study. For our study, we took uh, the baseline recruitment into UK Biobank as the index time point or time zero of our study. And at that time, we identified participants who had entered the UK Biobank and who had a record of cancer prior to recruitment. And we did this using the um, UK Biobank assessments at recruitment, as well as the health record linkages through HERS and cancer registration records. We then characterised the cardiometabolic profile of the identified cancer cohort, including diabetes, hypertension, obesity. And we did this in a quite granular fashion. So, for example, we considered whether an individual had a clinical label of hypertension in addition to the measured blood pressure reading that was obtained. Um, then we set out to define our control or comparator cohort. And for this, we considered UK Biobank participants who did not have any record of cancer. And we similarly characterized their cardiometabolic profile. And then we used propensity score matching to create an analysis sample, which included participants with a record of cancer matched one-to-one -to, -one to individuals who had a similar cardiometabolic profile, but no record of cancer. So that was our analysis sample. And then we set out to examine associations of cancer exposure with a range of defined incident cardiovascular events, which we ascertained through the linkage with hospital episode statistic data, and also with certain mortality events, which we obtained through linkage with death registration data. Uh, we used competing risk regression models and we estimated subdistribution hazard ratios. And in the second part of the analysis, we identified the subset of individuals with a record of cancer who had completed cardiac magnetic resonance uh, scanning as part of the UK Biobank. Uh, and here we examined the association of cancer exposure with measures of left ventricular and left atrial structure and function. And for this, we use linear regression. Okay. Um, and roughly what kind of numbers did you include in your study? There were two groups, cohort group and matched uh, controls. How many folks did you enroll? So we identified um, 
over 18,000 participants with a past record of cancer that we were able to match one-to-one -to, -one, uh, to non-cancer comparators. The cancer cohort was split into six common cancer types, uh, breast, lung, prostate, colorectal, endometrial, and hematological uh, malignancies. Okay, and so I'm assuming one-to-one, -one, the same number of controls, okay. Um, and what were your main findings, Zara? Well, firstly, we were able to confirm previous findings that patients with past cancer did indeed have a higher burden of vascular risk factors. Uh, we found particularly those with endometrial cancer had quite intense clustering of um, adverse cardiometabolic factors and the highest rate of obesity than any other cancer type in our study. Uh, secondly, we were able to demonstrate that cancer history was associated with increased risk of a range of cardiovascular outcomes, and that this association was independent of shared vascular risk factors. And this was over the, uh, on average, 12 years prospective follow-up in our study. Uh, we also observed that there was differential propensity to cardiovascular disease across the different cancer types with uh, individuals who had a past history of breast and hematological cancer showing the greatest range and the largest magnitude of adverse disease associations. Uh, and thirdly, we found that past history of cancer with um, we found that past history of breast or hematological cancer was associated with unhealthy cardiovascular remodeling as characterized by the cardiac MR measures of uh, left ventricular and left atrial structure and function. Uh, and in a sensitivity analysis, we re-examined the imaging associations in uh, a subset of participants who were free from any clinical cardiovascular disease. And we found that these associations still uh, remained important. So overall, the findings uh, of the study suggest that individuals with past cancer have heightened risk of cardiovascular disease uh, and that this risk persists for many years after completing cancer therapy and that those who have breast and hematological cancer are potentially at the highest risk. And in addition, we demonstrate the value of cardiac MR uh, as a modality in defining preclinical cardiovascular alterations uh, and perhaps its potential uh, as a tool for risk stratification. Now, your study was an observational study, wasn't it? So we can't imply cause and effect. But do you have any ideas as to possible mechanisms that, that might be going on to, to cause this increased risk, which, as you say, uh, was not related to existing vascular risk factors? What do you think is maybe happening here, some factors at play? I think the main message of the paper is that it highlights the importance of cancer-specific cardiovascular risk factors in determining the long-term cardiovascular health of cancer survivors. Um, I think, as you say, I think it's difficult to identify the precise causal agents, but what comes to mind is that systemic cardiovascular insults from cancer treatments may increase susceptibility to cardiovascular disease in later years in a way that is perhaps not immediately apparent after cancer treatment, uh, but becomes apparent uh, years later, for example, endothelial injury, which may accelerate atherosclerosis or myocardial injury, which may lower the thresholds for development of heart failure years later. And just in the summing up of your paper, you basically highlight that one third of participants with cancer develop incident CVDs um, over the course. And you say it's 12 year, roughly a 12 year average follow up? Yes. Okay. And what sort of implications do you think your work has for how we can better look after patients who've had cancer in the past? I think it raises the question as to how we risk stratify cardiovascular disease in cancer patients and how we make decisions about preventative therapies and whether existing risk scores such as Q-risk uh, or um, uh, 
the Framingham score, for example, that have been developed in the general population who mostly do not have cancer uh, are providing accurate predictions of cardiovascular risk in cancer cohorts who have additional uh, risk factors not captured within those existing scores. And do you think this is work that is happening now or, or should happen in order to try to identify people most at risk? I mean, you mentioned cardiac MR as being potentially useful um, in showing early signs of, uh, you know, of, of myocardial damage, LA enlargement, LV dysfunction. Um, how do you think this might pan out over the next, say, five or 10 years? If we look at the epidemiologic trends of uh, cancer survivorship, we can see that across the decades, the number of cancer survivors is increasing. Uh, and so the population of uh, individuals who've survived cancer and are then at high cardiovascular risk is going to increase as a result. Uh, and so it's uh, a major priority to identify strategies to better manage the cardiovascular health of these individuals. And I think the first step towards better prevention of uh, cardiovascular disease is important. And I think developing uh, risk uh, scores that fully capture all of the exposures that these individuals have experienced uh, is key to doing that. Mm. Um, and are there any limitations to your work, Zara? Any areas that um, you weren't able to be conclusive about? Anything you'd like to do differently, say? The key area that uh, uh, we've left unexplored in this study relates to um, examining treatment-specific associations. We know that different uh, cancer treatments have different uh, toxicity profiles and some have higher risk of cardiotoxicity. The um, cancer registry data linkage in the UK Biobank is still under development and the uh, specific cancer treatment data was not available to us at the time of that study. However, I think that's something that would uh, very much enrich this research. You mean to see if you can tease out if one or two or three different therapies seem to be worse for you in 10 years time worse for your heart okay interesting yeah fantastic well thank you so much for your time um i'll make the paper open access for a few weeks if it's not already um so everybody can uh, read it i'll also link to the piece in the guardian newspaper which was uh, covered earlier this month so everybody can get another view on the work uh, but yeah many congratulations and thanks so much uh, for joining me today thanks very much Thank you.